So guys, welcome to another episode of the Big Q Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny D. Wynn, and with me today, somebody who I've been very much looking forward to speaking with, is Day Southern, Sulan. How are you doing? <laughs> very good. So what is the what is the pro- uh, proper pronunciation? Day Sulan, Sulan like Mulan. Is that the origin of the yep. name? Yep. Okay, <laughs> just a big fan. Super big fan. It was one of my favorite movies growing up and it actually happened on accident. Like I was trying to come up with, you know, my stage name, my alias and Day is a part of my real name already, but I was just like, okay. Like, you know, I was just dancing around with different things. I was just like, okay, A, B, C. I literally went up the alphabet and kind of attached Ulan to it. <laughs> and when I got to Day Sulan, I was like, that's that's hard. Okay. Yeah. So Day's a part of um, you said your 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 full name, mm-hmm. right? Um, have you are you able to share what your full name is? Or um, yeah. Yeah, I don't really do it, but it's fine. All right. Um, my name is Daisha. Daisha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one of the things that also um, you wanted to talk about, you did grow up here at a very young age in mm-hmm. Orange County. I did. How often do you come back to Orange County? Oh, often. At least like once a month. Maybe. Once a month. Okay. Maybe twice. Yeah. I have like a few friends out here and the best food is out here like Asian wise. So I just bring myself this way, you know? I, I will say, I mean, because you are, um, you are part of Vietnamese, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's no, there's no other spot. I feel, um, there's a lot of great spots in LA, mm-hmm. but I feel like that, that comfort homey, like Vietnamese, it's just Westminster Garden All Grove. Westminster down this way. Like I know after this, I'm going to get some type of food to bring back with me. You almost have to. I have to. I have to. Because there's nothing like everything out my way is more mid. Definitely. So Vietnamese food, what what does that mean? What is Vietnamese food to you? Spring rolls, man. <laughs> spring rolls. <laughs> My obsession is spring rolls and okay. I know it doesn't stop there, but that is my, like <laughs> my soul. My soul is spring rolls. Um, but yeah, pho is a good like comfort soup for me. And then I don't know how to pronounce the name, mm-hmm. but it's like this like rice paper thing and it's like shrimp on it with like little flakes and stuff. And they put the sauce on it. It's like so bomb. What is it called? Uh, it's probably, I mean, it is, is in the family with spring rolls, but it's, uh, cause you say it's the clear, clear paper. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like the little, it's like little round, like rice paper things. And then they put like shrimp on top of it. And then like, normally like green onions and stuff. And then they'll have like the sauce, like fish sauce and stuff over it. So bomb. So bomb. So fish sauce is, um, how, how would you describe fish sauce to people? this salty unique taste that flavors everything just more superior <laughs> it just it, it makes everything it makes everything, everything t- taste good everything tastes good i'm like it's yeah it's just like upgrade from soy sauce to me but just in the right in the right dishes don't just throw it on anything <laughs> so growing up in your household so was it kind of a um how how was like the the food cuisine like? Was it kind of a little bit of mix of Vietnamese food with you know what? Take um, me through that. I would honestly say it was more Viet food than anything. Okay, so um, your mom would cook often when she could. When she, she could, did. okay. 
Um, like she would always make like, yeah, she would always make spring rolls. She would always make like fried rice, different things. Um, she never made fuck. She never made any of those. Okay. But she would make like the lemongrass chicken, um, like titka, like just mm-hmm. a bunch of different things. And I, I could say I was more raised off of that than anything else. I would say the titka is um, comfort food. Mm-hmm. It's uh, absolutely it's vegan <laughs> comfort food. You you have a nice basic plain rice, and then it just the titka is so flavorful in itself. It's so flavorful, and you can have it any time of the week, essentially. Really, and it, and it is a, is a gathering type of um, a piece. It is. It so, is. W- so then, if your mom never cooked pho, like, how did you get introduced to that? She would just take me to different places out here. Okay, like we would bus the mission from Compton to Westminster, Anaheim area, and we would sometimes meet with my family out okay. here, and we would go for pho and just vibe and talk about life. Not not the language. Language as you know, I'm I'm an American born Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did not lean into the language um much in my teens and uh mm-hmm. and I felt like for me it was I, I went to a predominantly Hispanic uh um uh, junior high mm-hmm. and assimilation was something that was much more ingrained. Even in my household, yeah. my father would speak to me primarily in English. Mm-hmm. He taught me uh, music uh, at a very young age. And um, I did music throughout my whole um, junior high and high school. Um, but it was it was the the records that he wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to touch on one of them that you just did a cool cover of, Careless Whisper, right? Oh, so he was having me sing Hotel California. He was having me sing a lot of those like really um, challenging like type of records too. Mm-hmm. But um, Assimilation was kind of my 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 thing. So the the language, I never felt super inspired about. Like uh, I understood it, mm-hmm. but I never like really leaned into it. So like, mm-hmm. was it often for your mother? Was she speaking the language not at all in the all. household? Okay, not at all. So what's her relationship to? Would you say um, uh, her 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 Vietnamese identity? Um, you know. It's actually hard to say. I'm not even going to like lie for mm-hmm. the longest. Um, I didn't know what my mom was. Like, I didn't see color. Okay. I didn't know ethnicities. Like, when I was young, I, I thought my mom was white. Okay. It was hilarious. And she laughed and she was like, what? <laughs> She's like, what? Like, you're weird. And I was just like, I didn't know that. Like, you know, she never said it. And I never was around like family like that to know okay like i can say i met my entire viet side of my family when i was 24. oh a lot older and yes yes and from there you know i wouldn't say it's a culture shock because she definitely like groomed me and prepared me in like light ways Mm -hmm. where she could but it definitely was just like holy shit like I'm really half Asian. (laughs) like i'm really happy it's beautiful (laughs) what what about like did you ever grow up with um, Lunar New Year or um, or that, as we call it? You know, I think there were times like she would try to do it, but, you know, like, I don't even think my mom is the most traditional right. when it comes to, like, the culture and, like, celebrating. Like, she would, like, passively be like, Happy Lunar New Year or mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, Chinese New Year, celebrate that. But she would always, like, it would be very passive. It wouldn't be, like, actual. We're coming together. We're celebrating. It'd be more of, like, a sending a gif or a, you know one of those type of things seems like for your mom it might be just um assimilation was also like uh, a common theme or like mm-hmm. let's just 
we're here in America now. Was she, did mm-hmm. was she born here? Or was she born um, in Vietnam? Do you know? I believe she was born here, but I could be wrong. Okay, I could be wrong. My mom is very private, mm-hmm. very private. I know little about her, which is quite interesting. And that's well, no, that's actually very common. Um, a lot of uh, my parents they came in after the war, and mm-hmm. but they don't they speak very little of it like i'm on this crazy journey right right now to kind of discover a lot of my my, my roots and origin um, mm-hmm. essentially that's why i even created this particular uh, uh media brand which stands for so vq what that means is a vietnamese born outside of vietnam so somebody who's mm-hmm. so it's a it's a term that we don't call each other because mm-hmm. we call each other vietnamese but yeah. like over to uh but you go back to vietnam one of the culture shocks you You'll, you'll see would be they call us that's how they label us so we're like vqs that's oh. right so my whole that's br- kind of dope so my whole brand is about kind of exploring the different stories because there's everyone has a very unique experience mm-hmm. whether you're mixed american or you're mixed canadian or so that mm-hmm. over the past three years my journey has found um and, and i do it primarily through music stories just because that's, fire. that's how i connected with my father like in terms of, so there was two ways we did. One, he taught me to be kind of this performer um, for his friends. So um, mm-hmm. um, culture or drinking culture is a mm-hmm. big thing in Vietnamese, right? So like his, his boys will come over on the weekend and he'll put up his 12 year old son to like sing those American records. Oh. But at the same, but at the same time, he would also teach me these Vietnamese ballads mm-hmm. as a way to kind of bond with me but teach me the uh the language oh that's fire now it was cool in terms of like i learned these cool records but the the thing is it vietnamese ballads from the 90s was so metaphorical and all these different things so Mm -hmm. i couldn't use that in conversation Mm -hmm. so i was like i'm learning these words that are like poetic but <laughs> that I can't and then they were like oh you say you, hi to anyone <laughs> but then they're like can you can you can you converse and then i'm like not not so much so it was it was it was it was it was cool in terms of what music was for me right and i think that's really beautiful though to like that's kind of how you learn mm-hmm. like through music and through ballads like that's actually a really dope way to learn a language uh, and and actually that's how i'm now in my, I'm, I'm 41. Now I'm going through this other journey now of deepening my mm-hmm. relationship because, um, you know, f- being here in America, when you discover like, you know, going through your Vietnamese journey, that's, mm-hmm. there's, there's the surface level stuff, you know, kind of connecting with other Viet folks or the food yeah. stuff and things like that. But like, then when you go to Vietnam, it's, it's a whole Complete culture shock. Like, it, wow. It's crazy. There's heritage. There's this. No, I really want to go. Like, I want to understand. It's a game changer. My roots. I want to understand. Like, I don't want it to just be, oh, yeah. Have you had fun? Like, no. <laughs> like, uh, it's such a surface question to me. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I guess. But but it's like, there's, there's just something to it when you step, when you land in the country and you, everyone around you mm-hmm. is, is speaking this language as they they expect you to kind of know, know it, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're Vietnamese. But mm-hmm. then you're like. I don't know it like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the 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 modern way of talking, right? Mm-hmm. There's the the slangs and you know the business talk. So it was it's it's been it's been a really uh, I've dedicated a, a, my a lot of my journey now to it, and that's the reason why um, I opened up this podcast essentially because I wanted to 
to learn and 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 get to know and share different stories from mm-hmm. different backgrounds. You That's know? fire. And your your story stood out to me because there's um there's a there, there's in I've discovered probably over the past three years I've discovered over eight hundred musicians doing wow. my work um, purely on one mission. And the mission was. I'm going to database and try to find as many Vietnamese, somebody who identifies as Vietnamese mm-hmm. um, in music, whether you're a DJ, producer, writer, whatever, whatever it was. And it was a lot, man, that I, I was able to find. It wasn't easy because not everyone has, you can't search by last names. You can't mm-hmm. search by first names. Mm-hmm. I essentially became kind of, um, be, I put myself out there to be known to kind of mm-hmm. look for that. And um, I found folks in Australia, um, Netherlands, uh, Amsterdam, everyone was doing all these different kinds of music, but then everyone has a very different story from mm-hmm. it. Um, but what one thing I found in common was there's not a community. Mm-hmm. There wasn't this community like that was blindly going to support you because mm-hmm. of your heritage, because there's, there's, Facts. so I, I, I did that and now I'm, continuing to uncover and find mm-hmm. other stories and and i'm trying to build that community that's dope so your story stood out because there's like the there's mission. other uh there's other stories i mean there's other things that i think i feel that you've gone and you're, you're going through actually a i would say a transformative um time in your your uh, your music career absolutely where so to kind of go back to the beginning of your music career uh and then kind of going into the current like mm-hmm. how would you describe that first phase of you kind of finding music um, I was honestly lost when I first found music. Um, it was through relationships and, you know, someone who believed in me at the time. And when I found music, it was off of a challenge. He challenged me to write something to an insane beat. And from there, once we he put me in the studio to record it. And when I got in there to lay it, I was just like, oh, like the moment. It was me, a mic, and a pair of headphones. Like I, I never felt so, like happy and okay. just like I belonged somewhere. Okay. It was definitely like it. It was like a Disney moment, like for me. You know yeah. those little Disney sparkles that do. you feel. Um, it was that. It was that moment, and that's how I knew I was like, oh, it's like this. This is where I'm supposed to be. Like this is what I'm supposed to do. Got it. And then from there, I hit the ground running. <laughs> I'm appealing back like the challenge like was it were you were you motivated because you want to prove him wrong or you motivated because you knew like you you had this in you like you know I definitely came from a very strict background where you know the belief of I can do what I'm doing now was not there and you know it at that time it wasn't even about proving people wrong. I think me getting money the way I was mm-hmm. and being successful financially, that was the, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong doing this. And I did that. But I think there was something I had to prove more to myself that like, I want to be happy. I want to be successful, but I want to make sure it's in a way that fulfills my soul. Like I can make money yeah, every day, all day. Like that's, I can chase money, but that's not what I want to chase. Like I want to chase what makes me happy and i think that kind of set the tone for my purpose got it yeah. so um that you did release a uh, an album uh last year mm-hmm. 
uh, take me through the, uh, the whole process of that particular project. And what would you like to speak on about that you particular know, project? You know, if I can be fully transparent right now, mm-hmm. I actually think that project is trash. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Um, I loved it once upon a time, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of the songs I made on that project, I made when I was 21 Okay. or like, yeah, 21 first started doing music, first started wow. trying to find okay. my sound and yeah, I'm 26 now and we dropped that at what? Yeah. We dropped that at 25. Yeah. I was still 25. Yeah. So, it, so, so the music was already aged by the time it was just. You know, it was still cool. Like I wasn't a thousand percent against it, but I also was like, I'm growing. My sound has changed. I don't even believe in half of these songs anymore. And, you know, like the stages I was in when I created all of these pieces, like they're they're gone. And I can't really be true and live in these moments anymore right. to, you know, sell the records or sell the project because now I'm calm enlightened <laughs> at peace with a lot of things i've forgiven i've you know i'm like a whole different human being right. so it was hard to even me personally like just resonate and push something that was like yes it was me but it's not me now but you've evolved definitely evolved what was the big turning point for you though um it was i, I think it was i just got to a point where I got tired of fighting. I got tired of fighting for my vision and what I saw for myself. And I feel like, you know, actually growing up in um, with a, a Vietnam, like that's kind of how, like I've, I'm so used to fighting and being combative and being that, you know, taking so much stuff that I finally got to an age where I was just like, I can't, I can't fight for something that if you don't see it, like. I see it. I know what I'm going for. And you either see it or you don't. And I don't want to force it down on you. I don't want to, you know, you know, I don't want it to be a war. Like, I want this to be peaceful. Like, music is peace. Music brings me so much happiness. Like, there's no way it comes with this much chaos. Right. And, yeah. You Definitely the energy uh, I feel from you is you went through a good amount of healing. So much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So much. I mean, like, and this is my first conversation with you, but I, I'm, I'm to the, the calmness in your energy. And so are you able to, would you be able to like kind of articulate um, what would you say the road you took to kind of towards this particular healing? Um, It was a lot of, it was a lot of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Like I had to dig deep within myself. I had to dig deep within my past. Um, And I had to acknowledge things that I was burying Mm -hmm. and things that I was just, you know, I was taught to just bottle it up and keep going. Like, you know, we don't cry. We don't do this. You know, it was that emotional detachment that I was naturally taught. Yeah. And, um, you know, not even to acknowledge them. So I think it took for me to really sit down and realize I'm like, I can't cry when I want to. I can't this. I can't express myself when it comes to emotions sometimes. And it was me asking the questions of why and then picking apart everything of, okay, this makes me feel uncomfortable. This gives me anxiety. Why does this give me anxiety? And it just took for me to really sit and 
analyze myself and relax and release and be comfortable in my own skin and accepting the different pieces of me that I didn't acknowledge. And as I started releasing, I just blossomed into who I am right now. <laughs> Would you say it's because I, I would say from my perspective, um, the bottling things up, not showing emotions, there's there's a little bit of that from from myself. It would definitely be it's a it's a cultural thing mm -hmm. um, as well as I think mm -hmm. just a cultural thing. And also like for, definitely for a male thing, like mm -hmm. don't express emotions. Right. Like. Absolutely. I actually just went through um, sharing something personal with you. Uh, I had some deep trauma in my early 20s that uh, I didn't realize was still kind of holding me back from my full mm -hmm. potential. Um, but I recently kind of went back to that place, um, sat in it, felt all the emotions. I'm like, oh, you shit. Like, I, I, I buried this thing, man. You and then to feel it, it also, but it also led me towards, um, and uh, led me towards a path of actually sobriety, right? Mm -hmm. And the path of sobriety, I feel gave me much more, more clarity. I didn't realize that, I didn't realize I had a problem until, you know, situation occurred and my wife would not gave me an ultimatum, but like, mm -hmm. you put me in this, you put me in a very tough position. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, I, I didn't look back and it just, um, but I, I, but I, but I had to go, what I tell my friends who are still having to be dependent or be, or mm -hmm. haven't healed, it's not scary to heal, man. You gotta. It's not. I won't say it's a thousand percent easy, but oh it's hell not, no, it's not scary. It's not something that I mean it changes you for the better. It, it, it always does. Like I've never sat and embodied feelings and addressed something and then came out worse. Yeah, never. It's uh, it's actually worse when you bottle it up. It's so much worse. It's so much worse because it translates into addictions it does translate into dependencies it does translate into toxic relationships that you're not even conscious about now and you're just moving and you're going through life wondering why am i attracting pain and it's because you're bottling it because you're bottling it and when you're bottling that's all you you attract what you are it sucks <laughs> so it truly sucks so fully empathizing on in terms of like because i'm such a creative Mm -hmm. To get to see a project that you created at such a um, early in your career, and then like having to release the whole body of work when you aren't really connected, like you've you have matured and grown grown through grown up from it, right? Like mm -hmm. that in itself is um, that's that's a tough thing to do. I want to so I want to acknowledge that, but yeah. like and, and then also continue and then but having to. Put that image out that you feel is no longer a representative of your current current mm -hmm. state mm -hmm. it it definitely was hard and you know i think i i was in a point where i was trying to express myself but i wasn't getting it across how mm -hmm. i wanted to and you know i understood the situation i was in a place where i was just like i gotta be grateful i gotta be humble this person has helped me get to xyz mm -hmm. Like the least I could do is, you know, complete it, right? complete it, mm -hmm. put out this project that I'm like, if you believe in it, hey, I'm going to stick beside it. I'm going to push it. And, you know, it's the least I can do for you doing so much for me in my career and showing me something that I know I'm made for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just a sacrifice. I 
didn't hurt me entirely. Mm-hmm. You know, I still was a major label. It was, you know, I still had a major push, but sacrifices. That's all. all right. Um, one thing you mentioned also that I'm really uh, I want to acknowledge too, and I'm proud of you on is uh, on Tim's show. Uh, you mentioned that at the at the end of the year, you're also going to be uh, uh, cutting out of the your OnlyFans platform, mm-hmm. right? And yes. You were making a conscious decision to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I heard when I when I heard that, definitely it's it really validates what you you just said earlier that like chasing money or doing things for money you 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 can there's you you want to do something else mm-hmm. that you feel would be um, just a better way to to come because you you do Absolutely. know you know how to earn. Like you've absolutely, <laughs> I've chased money. I'm going to get it. I'm like one thing I'm going to do is, you put me in a corner. I'm gonna find my way out. Mm-hmm. But you know, fast money isn't always the best money. And beyond that, I take my image and not even my image, just how I see myself now. I respect myself on a different level. I want to see myself flourish for my talents and what I'm capable of instead of it being. You know, she's really hot. <laughs> and that's what a lot of women have to mm-hmm. offer nowadays. And I'm just like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Not taken away, but I know I, I'm not, I wasn't put on this earth for that. Right. You know, it's time for me to let go. So when I, when, when I saw the cover you did of um, Careless Whisper, mm-hmm. that, that, that spoke to me on so many days. Not only because that's a song I sing quite often, but you 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 see you seem very free like you you seem really just like why why careless whisper what what is it about that record that uh you had a cover that record has forever spoke to my soul right forever spoke to my soul um my mom is actually the reason why you know my music taste is so diverse like Mm -hmm. that she implanted george michael that's actually one of the concerts i did go see okay was george michael and with her with her that's that's dope with her and it was super dope um and i don't know like i think at the time i did the cover i was i i was embodying that exact energy like i felt every word in that song so when i recorded it um it, it it flowed free it was exactly where i was at so it wasn't me forcing it it wasn't me singing something off of me just trying to showcase vocals no it was how i felt and where i was and it going hitting like 1.2 million views and also you another thing it. to recognize about careless whisper is you it's a difficult song to say absolutely um, <laughs> dude takes that takes takes it into so many different places but i think that's why it's such a it's such a great song it's a beautiful song i'm like i was i was honestly scared to touch a song like that i'm honestly against i don't like touching classic records i don't like messing with them i'm like they're perfect they are how they are Mm -hmm. let me leave it like that but i was just like you know what i'm gonna take a risk and i'm gonna try it because i i want people to see even this side of me to know that oh wow she does even listen to george michael she is like this is a whole different genre a whole different side like okay like i wanted to explore that without the fear of People are gonna massacre me because this is a classic record. <laughs> I, I don't think. That, I mean, I can see how you 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 would think they would, but like, I think it's 
because people are also very used to seeing covers, right? I think mm -hmm. it was just, but at the same time, it was to see you kind of, it was like the first piece you put out mm -hmm. after, after the album. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, whoa, where did this come <laughs> like, from? How did that happen? <laughs> like, where did this come from? Because I, I, I mean, I heard you sing a little bit on, you did one record with YG mm -hmm. on the album where we're singing, right? Mm -hmm. But Careless Whisper is like singing, singing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that so was... Like yeah it was it was my time i was like i'm like look if no one's gonna believe in me i'm gonna believe in me and at that point i had the platform i've been training my voice and i was just like it's it's time to show these people what i'm capable of so when people that were fans of your work from before and now they see um this current like this this current self mm -hmm. of you like like what what do you want to tell them like uh, about this particular like stage in your life right now? I would, I would tell them to keep an open mind, keep an open mind and, you know, go with your gut, Right. follow whatever that vision is, whatever that inkling is that's inside of you. It's like, do this, do it like to the T. Um, it comes with risk, it comes with challenges, it comes with things that may make you uncomfortable, but it, it's it's worth it. That that reward at the end, that payout, if you stay consistent and you really go, you're gonna see the fruits. Like and I would say you're witnessing me do it. And yeah. The change wasn't, you know, it wasn't ingenuine. It wasn't that you gravitated to something that I wasn't. It, it absolutely was me at one point, mm -hmm. but it's literally evolving and growing into what I'm supposed to be, as everyone should. So now you're now you're at a place. So after the careless whisper, mm -hmm. just take it up to first record you put out independently. First record, Soul Tie. <laughs> Soul Tie. Um, and I remember when I heard that record uh, for the first time. And because um, I, I, just so you know, I actually have, for the most part, have put in every one of your new releases on our playlist. Um, we have Thank a, you so much. We have a very specific playlist that I am very proud to curate. Where um, So we modeled this thing after New Music Friday, but mm -hmm. we do it for... Any, um, all Vietnamese around the world, right? So we're the That's only awesome. playlist that, including all the majors out there in Vietnam um, and also the, all the independents and the emergings, we're the only playlist that does that. So uh, well, it's gotten me, me. You gotta send me the playlist oh, so I sure. can repost it. <laughs> I sure will. Um, and so it, I, I remember when I first heard Soul Thai, I definitely put that, because most of the people favor a little bit, like especially, we're going to talk about like Vietnamese music in just a bit, but like mm -hmm. favorite, definitely much more R&B and soul as of late. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of that sound is really hitting home back in, um, in the country, really? but, um, yeah, for Fine. real. So I, I, I actually feature that on the top 10 of the, the playlist because mm -hmm. I love that sound so much. Thank you. So take me through the journey of for actually just releasing it independently because you had a, before you just set dates, you do the promos. Now it's, it's a different game. It's a whole different game. Oh my gosh. The the transition 
<laughs> into becoming an independent artist. The amount of knowledge I've gained within right. six months is aggressive. <laughs> but it's a good work. It. It's mm -hmm. good. And I mean, it it lets me know I'm serious about it because if I'm not serious about it, I'm not taking the time to learn, figure out, make sure that this person is in play, this person is included, this is happening here, is there marketing, is there a budget? Where do I find a budget if I don't have one? Um, so many different aspects played into this release, but mm -hmm. um, definitely, definitely had some dope help. I found a really cool manager, okay, and he introduced me to um, somebody else who now they both co-manage me, and um, yeah, it was he had connections at Create. And then from there, mm -hmm. we were distro shopping. At first, we were looking at United Masters. Mm -hmm. That was the one I was just like, I think I want to be with them. But as we were like shopping around, I was like, mm, create feels better. And, you know, it was this whole ball game of I went from a major label to now I'm looking at distribution centers. Now I'm looking at, OK, how much money am I going to put behind it? What is my That's the difference. Plan? No, it's a whole difference instead of now everything being done for me i've literally taken the hats of 70 people in one building and i've now put it on myself and the three people i work with and if it doesn't get fulfilled here i'm gonna take over that if it doesn't get fulfilled there that's my job now and i make sure it's definitely i've become a hell of a businesswoman <laughs> in the last six months i'll say that and i'm still learning and i'm still figuring things out but the process it wasn't as hard once I really got the grasp of, okay, you have the single, get it mixed, get it mastered, pay the people off, make sure producer agreements are mm -hmm. great. From there, you you know submit the songs, have and create, you get to submit for playlisting, different mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Great. So the pitches happen. Um, yeah. And then when it drops, you know, you got your release date. Now it's on me to create the marketing yeah. plan with my team and. It's a, it's a world. It's a hell of a world. I will say, this is not for anybody who's lazy. <laughs> this is not a career that you could do with hopes, dreams, and like, it's going to happen. No, it requires a lot of footwork. I spend most of my um, um, my time in the emerging market. So like, it's I do work with major labels. Um, they use my platform for promotion, but mm -hmm. like 90% of the artists are independent, right? And mm -hmm. uh but I think the one gratifying feeling about independent is you're in control. Absolutely. You're in control of the success. You're in control of also the failure of it. Absolutely. And um, it's, you have no one else to blame. No one. Except for yourself. No one. And I think that's, that was a problem for me um, when I was with the label. Like I loved it. I was grateful. I loved everything about it. But at the same time, I was just like, my life wasn't in my hands. Right. And I knew that. I, on a daily basis, I was kind of tripping myself out because I'm so used to being in control of my life. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I really had to just let go and, you know, be codependent. And it worked. I got far. I could say, like, it was a beautiful thing. It taught me, you know, to how to be codependent, how to sit back when I need to. But it also let me know, like, you know, if you're not stealing like steering the wheel to the ship you're gonna go somewhere you, you really don't know mm -hmm. like you're you're in a direction you're heading for an island that you know 
could look awesome, could look dope, could be great, or you kind of go for the one that's floating in your head and mm -hmm. go off your intuition. It sounds nuts. <laughs> and kind of just take the wheel in your hands and be like, you know what, I'm going to take the risk and you know, I love I love where you're taking me, but I think I'm going to trust my judgment and take myself here. Yeah. I think in today's market, music market, um, it's always changing. And it's a, always. you. I think the problem when you have a big system behind you is there's, there's so many processes in place. And so I get it because of like, it affects touring, it affects merch, it affects, mm -hmm. get all that. But like, what it doesn't fix is that the audience's you're, why you're doing music is for the audience to kind of to, to, to be with you, right? To be on that journey. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't. And I think one of the things that, one of the best advice that um, I always give to artists is you gotta get going. Like, mm -hmm. and because age is also not, especially in the entertainment industry. Absolutely. Age isn't on your side because people, fans gravitate towards younger. They, they do. do. They do. They do. I'm like, look, I, I already know. I've been trying not to stress about time, but I'm like, look, I had a time limit now. <laughs> I, let, I let them take the wheel for my prime years. Now, now I'm a bit more mature, but I'm like, it's okay. I'm still in my 20s. I can finesse. <laughs> but the other thing, too, is that taking people, because of social media, instead of having it work against you and having this resentment towards social media, mm -hmm. I think people that know how to bring social media and, like, um, get them to connect, uh, build that relationship with the audience mm -hmm. and it's going to be it, through a journey it's going to be a love-hate relationship there there's going to be there's going to be people that i think are going to they're going to antagonize you they're going to do certain things but Absolutely. it's about as long as you feel whole and full and that mm -hmm. kind of goes back to what i was saying about i realize now in my place nobody can really hurt me because i'm going back and i face these traumas mm -hmm. and it's like a if you look at it in a physical sense, like if you had a wound on your arm and like you just said, it's going to go away, but mm -hmm. don't do anything to treat it. Of course, it's like that. Like, you have to, wrong, you have to treat it man, <laughs> to get better and stronger. Mm -hmm. And that, that was where my paradigm shift really mm -hmm. um, has changed where you got to heal. And if mm -hmm. it's, if you have to sit in your room and cry, if you're going to have to talk mm -hmm. to your, your you, you got to talk to a therapist, talk, whatever, mm -hmm. you got to get through it because, because there's, there's no anybody who went through their teens and twenties and said they had a perfect life. Absolutely not. Cause it, it's on the other polar opposite. You got parents that maybe they've never, they can never abuse you or anything like that, but then they, they, they push you to the brink of freaking exhaustion. Mm -hmm. There's those parents too. And, Absolutely. and then people, they don't, those people don't know how to relax. Those kids, when they get in their twenties, they're on edge, they're on edge, they're man. Always going. <laughs> and you can't be, it's hard to be friends with those kind of folks too. It's I, I <laughs> believe me. I'm, quite antisocial myself so mm -hmm. i i get it i get it what would you say was like your breaking point in you know like realizing like this is a pivotal moment like yeah. i need to i need to switch um it was definitely priming my wife was she, she much credit to her because she pushes me on always because when i'm doing me putting out this media brand is similar to me putting out like I'm an artist myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm doing something that's really, it's, it's, there's not another, I, I, I could say with confidence, there's not another platform like me out there mm -hmm. advocating for Vietnamese Americans, Vietnamese Canadians, um, and, and also showing to the Vietnamese youth over there, like telling uh, a little insight on who we are and mm -hmm. you can't generalize 
us. And you also can't judge us for not knowing so much about, you know, um, our Vietnamese history and culture, because mm -hmm. quite frankly, we don't have that history. Um, we scholar that. also to be like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, um, in addition to American history, learn this about like mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. happened. I didn't, I it didn't was know never that. that. <laughs> or like the language, like, to be quite frank, some some parents, yeah, they just like, we, we're not really gonna, we don't see need to like learn this language anymore. Or, or yeah. That some parents may, and some parents is the opposite. You gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta keep this in mm -hmm. the system. But what really turned me in terms of why I wanted to heal was I was doing, I was pushing, I was grinding, I was doing all that, but something wasn't, something wasn't hitting. And I think that, and it was, it was like my wife goes, there's something that you have not looked back at and you buried this thing. And that's a beautiful thing. So she hit me with that. And then it just, as soon as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit in it. And then it just, and it, and then the main thing was actually, um, I lost my connection with God probably early on, like in my twenties. Wow. And, uh, uh, and then when I surrendered and kind of gave myself back up to God, like truly mm -hmm. surrendered to give myself back up to God, it was, that's when things got really transformative for me. Wow. That's exactly where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. well, so, th so thank you for asking me that. I'm very proud of you. I'm happy mm -hmm. for you. I'm happy you rebuilt that connection and, you know, you even took the time to release and sit in those things because it's not easy. And a lot of people there's more though there's going to be there's there's more to say to it's always going to be more and it's always you know we're human beings we as we evolve and as we get triggered by different things that's how we realize like okay there's there's something there mm -hmm. there's something there but you doing the work is already insane like there's so many people out here that can have conversations like this but we'll never really do the work yeah. or there's people that just go on life and they get older and they will never deal with or just haven't dealt with traumas and things they've let go people they've cut off you know did they just hold on to it and some to people it, yeah. really die with it so it's beautiful that you've taken that time to sit back have someone like a beautiful soul to even call you on it and be mm -hmm. like hey this is what you need to work on this is like that's i love that that's super dope so um i want to if you can share a little bit about the back, um, uh, the whole meaning behind Sotai, right? And that mm -hmm. particular, the writing process, take us through, I'd love to for you to share a little bit about the song. The writing process, um, another moment where I was in it, the, the beat spoke to me. And it was at a time where um, I just came out of being so in love, so, mm -hmm. so in love. and. I just I got to the realize like the realization as I time went on and you know we attempted to reconnect I was just like this it's time for me to move forward okay. it's time for me to let this go and I'm like you know there's it was it was honestly the song flowed naturally mm -hmm. I think when I write I'm not thinking at all I don't think when I write, it's a matter of the beat speaks to me and the words are just flowing from my fingers to my notes or pen to paper. Mm -hmm. And from there, like I lay it and then I realize what I'm like getting at. But I was definitely in the moment of 
you know, I'm moving on. I'm trying to find peace. I'm trying to find a better place. I'm trying to find what aligns with me. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I, it's time for me to let this go. It's time for me to let this person go, this version of myself, you know, it, like me releasing soul ties was so much deeper than just a love story. Like it was a version of myself that was dying as well. And I had mm -hmm. to let go of that. And yeah, it translated into a really beautiful song that <laughs> everyone seems to gravitate to. That's great. I love it. You know, it's, it's definitely, it, that. that's why I, I had to bring it up and have you articulate mm -hmm. on it. Cause it was, it, it, it definitely hit me. Yeah. That's good. I love that. I love like that's my whole purpose is when my music can speak to souls. Like if you can feel it, if you can resonate, if you can sit with it and like even cry, like that is a blessing. That is that's what I do this for. Like, who are some but in, in that lane though, who who would be some of your current day or even uh, musical influences that kind of shape shape that sound? You know, so many, so many people. I, I tell people this all the time. Like, I was so musically, like, my mom presented every type of genre to me. Like, there wasn't one that she didn't play. And she would always, the radio was always be on, and we would always be listening to hits. And I can really say anyone who's ever had a hit, is who like inspired me. And I think some of the artists I naturally gravitated to myself was Aaliyah, um, Eminem, um, who else? Bill Withers. Bill Withers. Bill Withers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Um, uh, Patti LaBelle, Whitney Houston. Like I gravitated to majority artists who were really able to ground their emotions in, in music and just vocally and put it out there. Like um, another artist I gravitated to in my older age was um, XXX mm -hmm. Tentacion. Yeah. His music spoke to my soul because I was just like, wow, this man is a genius. Like he just put out this crazy wild rap song, mm -hmm. super fire. But then he just dropped an entire alternative soul project like that was so inspiring and aligned with me a thousand percent i was like wow like this this is me <laughs> and every song i listened to i felt emotions and i just felt like his pain i felt where he was coming from and i was just like at the time i started music i was like i didn't even know that that's what I was trying to tell myself at the time. I was just gravitating because it was good and I felt it. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, I realized I'm like, damn, that's that's what I want to do. And that's how, yeah, majority artists I fell in love with are. Oh, Michael Jackson. He's mm -hmm. top tier. Can't, I can't forget Michael Jackson. Can't forget him. Definitely went through his videos. Actually, there's there's so many people I've been mm -hmm. inspired by. Not gonna lie, truly, anyone with a hit. <laughs> I mean, Michael's name is being brought up again because um, I don't know if you you follow K-pop, but uh, Jungkook, JK, he kind of in his solo project kind of brings that entertainer, you know, all around like 
type mm-hmm. of type of vibe back, right? And Aye. there was this another record that he just put out that uh, I think Usher just jumped on the remix, and this this kid just I I feel like it's a you know we the music scene had that we haven't seen much of this well-rounded like mm-hmm. you know performance Performer. yeah and that's what this singer that's what this that's what this kid <laughs> did and that i think that's bad. that's probably why i think k-pop really um really hit mm-hmm. america um and actually arguably the rest of the world right <laughs> by storm I mean, honestly it's it brought back like real artistry yeah and i can say yeah like nowadays Everyone just gets on a stage, either shirtless or booty out, and they just yelling like, "Yeah, <laughs> sing the song." Mm-hmm. Versus you have it's it's a handful of people now that are like, "No, I'm gonna put on a show. I have a set behind me. Mm-hmm. In this set, this is gonna happen. Fireworks are gonna happen. Yeah. There's gonna be a dragon alive, you know. <laughs> and then I'm gonna have my dancers here. I'm gonna have choreography here. I'm gonna have this like there that element of putting on a show and really being a full throttle entertainer isn't really there anymore Mm -hmm. and i can definitely commend k-pop because i'll just not even when i'm in nail shops me personally they'll have the k-pop videos the competitions going on and then i'll take that information i'll go home and i'll actually just look up just top k-pop things and just the way they have outfit coordination makeup hair like it's real artistry that I can say, not say in America, like we, the, it's lack. Everybody's just diamonds chains and I'm going to yell in the mic versus them. They're like, no, there's structure. I'm this one. You're going to wear that color. There's going to be structure here. We're going to wear the same shoes, or like choreography, like there's going to be bells, whistles. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's what was why global music has really resonated here in North America um, mm-hmm. because prior to K-pop, Latin music also exploded um, mm-hmm. as well, right? Insanely. Insane. I and I mean, one of the arguments that I was reading up about was like the conversation around Daddy Yankee, Bad Bunny, where yes, a lot of their music is reggaeton, but it, it is deeply rooted within also hip hop influences. Mm-hmm. So the hip hop community is like, we, this is more from the industry side, but they're like, we, we sh- they should not be considered as Latin hip hop. They should be part of hip hop because mm-hmm. they, they, they're they part of this pie because- Absolutely. So- Like their numbers chart- Their numbers are crazy. Beyond hip hop, <laughs> like it's, it's insane. Like. But what, what I think what all this says is that people want to be entertained. People like to dance. Mm-hmm. People like to feel. Feel. And people don't want to get shouted at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, look, I didn't, I didn't pay a hundred dollars for you to yell in the mic shirtless. <laughs> it's not like I paid to see a show, yeah. and yeah, I, I understand it fully. And I think that's where the evolution of where things are heading over in the East, specifically. So I want to give you a little bit of, um, mm-hmm. but before I get to that question, like um, Vietnamese music. So like, this, did your mom ever introduce you to any? any forms or artists from, from you know she didn't she didn't i actually and this sounds horrible i got into it actually as of recently probably this year Mm -hmm. off of 
um, like my relationships at my nail salon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like once they realized that I was Viet, you know, it's it's just that thing. <laughs> they love you 10 times more. A hundred, from there, they're just like, do you know Viet, do this, do that. And one of the ladies, she, she put on like, it was this singer. She's a beautiful singer though. Mm -hmm. And it was just this, it sounded like a ballad, of mm -hmm. course. I'm 26 now, I don't understand it, but it was like, okay. Like it inspired me, mm -hmm. honestly, to like do it more of a dive. And I was just like, okay, mm -hmm. like, let me like explore this realm. But it actually wasn't brought to me by my mom or anyone in my family, no. And that's probably, I think that kind of going back to even like her not really speaking language as much too mm -hmm. or teaching you that there's probably some um some some trauma that happened with her and and, and being vietnamese or Absolutely. and so forth. but it is it, it is a um it is a very i feel when i went down that journey to really learn um not just the um the more historical pieces that came from there's like there's ways to speak about vietnamese music there's like pre um during the war time where you had the southern vietnamese which most of the people living here in america are from the the, the south part mm -hmm. um they got influenced a lot by western uh influences because americans were over there um, europeans were over there and so mm -hmm. forth after the war was over um they literally destroyed all physical uh records of that type of music because it was no, it, because it fused in with so much like Western influences that they're like, mm -hmm. this isn't, this isn't Vietnamese music anymore. Right. So then, um, wow. but that lived on that music lived on through, um, through other forms in the later eighties. And, uh, over, that music only continued to kind of have its, um, audience over, over here. Right. Mm -hmm. Then there was a period of time where new wave European new wave became like, that was what um, our parents' generation kind of like was vibing off of modern mm -hmm. talking and, um, and stuff like that. So that became kind of like today's like dance music. It was new wave. And mm -hmm. then it was, um, and now we speak about like influences in music in Vietnam. It's 100% Korean like hmm. influence in terms of like their, uh, their, their, their approach towards artistry, mm -hmm. their training image is everything mm -hmm. um <laughs> like a a perfect product like that's you know when you think of when you think of korean like mm -hmm. uh, their system vietnam is getting to that level but it's because the vietnam is such a young um spirited country um because of the population is like fun fact 37 percent of the population is under the age of th uh, 32. oh wow hella young hella wow. young right because after the war was over you know um they were, the babies were starting to happen or they were wow. getting mature. So it's a very young, and a lot of um, international business is happening in the country now. Mm -hmm. So pop is the dominant, is, is the dominant genre. Understandable. Um, but one thing that I, in doing work over there that they yearn for is they kind of want to know what's popping with, with um, the folks that like are from overseas, right? Mm -hmm. like, you know, what, what did they create? And, mm -hmm. and I kind of that, uh, they, they come to me and they, they ask for some of the names and, and that's what I, um, I kind of bridge, uh, I, I bridge that. So I take people on 
on both journeys, whether if you're from Vietnam, mm -hmm. I'm gonna give you a little bit of taste on what, what it's like over here, shine some spotlight on some people deservingly that should get that spotlight because they've done some work. Mm -hmm. um, fun fact for you, I know you, you recently, uh, I, I think you did perform at uh, the Kia Forum, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, when you were with, uh, um, with YG, but there was two other Vietnamese who also performed at the Kia Forum. One is an um, independent artist by the name of Keshi. He is 27 years old. Wow. He, pl he, he played the forum um, on his own. Wow. And, was able, and he also did a festival in LA for 42,000 people. Like, he's at that level. Oh, right? wow. Kid is, and, and he's American. There's also a young gal named Twee who is in the R&B genre. And she's starting, she just went on tour with LMI and doing right. some big things. So there's there's people at levels where I think they're they're definitely gaining that momentum. And then there's people mm -hmm. in the mid to to emerging side that's mm -hmm. that's growing. So yeah, it's 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 kind of a cool it's 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 a cool time, I would say. Uh that's fire. To, to be I would say to I won't say Viet's gonna be the next, but I would say like we, <laughs> we, we'd be primed to be. You know? I can guarantee that. <laughs> so I think what, what what I would love to see for yourself is like, yeah, um, I think it'll be as you're going on this next journey in your life, trip to Vietnam. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll just do something for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we'll come back, we'll have this conversation and I want to see that. how that inspires. But in addition to that, I also can take you through kind of like all the um, the different musical sounds like the biggest records that are happening just just so you're aware and know like mm -hmm. okay this is what the youth is vibing with i and, would actually love that and uh, that leads me to um the current uh, the current single you have mm -hmm. um road to wait road yeah. unknown road unknown mm -hmm. that is um just even the, the that uh, the title of that record <laughs> <laughs> has uh i i, I vibe with it a lot so it's, it's Share with people what what that record's about. Road Unknown. Road Unknown. Road Unknown was literally created amidst my transition. Mm -hmm. It was me releasing. It was me letting go. It was me finding new love now and taking. I said it like several times. Is it like mm -hmm. taking that risk and mm -hmm. chasing? a vision chasing feelings and you know not necessarily being too worried about the consequences or the what ifs or you know it was me really being in a place of I was like I don't I don't know where I'm going I don't know where this is going to take me but I'm excited I look forward to it I'm 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 truly like I'm not scared like I'm I'm ready like I like it. I, I love it. Like I'm ready. I'm ready to take that road. I'm willing to take these steps and, you know, I might not understand it fully, but that's what life's about. Are we going to see a music video for it? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just trying to, you know, come up with the right budget. I don't want to, you know, half-ass it. I mm -hmm. definitely want to make sure it embodies the the image and the vision I have. So, you know, I'm being patient and I'm letting different things happen, but I definitely, I, it's guaranteed to have a video. Yeah, it, it needs a video because um, I, mm -hmm. I 
I, I promoted it on uh, just using your performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was when you also, um, same location you shot Careless Whisper, right? Uh, was it? Yes. Yeah, well, I saw yep. like cars in the background. Yep. And yep. Where was that? That was Avalon Cove. Okay. Avalon Cove in Palos Verdes. Yep. Yep. Super fire location. Hidden <laughs> beach, cliff, views for days. One of my favorite beaches. And I was just like, yeah. This is right. Your um your your energy in the video just was just uh, it was it was it was vibrant. That's the best way for me to describe it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. That's the goal. So um what what's what's in store for you? What's what's your what's your game plan for 2024? 2024 is right around the corner. Right around the corner, first quarter, it's you know. I want to perform. I want to, you know, start getting some live performances together. I am, you know, I was throwing ideas around with someone I'm partnered with and, you know, possibly thinking about creating a show um, with like, you know, different singers that are, you know, in the same realm, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of like a little mini tour, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to figure that out right now. Um, Finishing up my project, working on, different projects with different producers um yeah and i'm just you know i'm going for gold i have a i have a vision of seven mm-hmm. grammys and i'm not gonna stop until i get them <laughs> so, but just a fun thing about in addition to your music content i just came across last night your food content right yes <laughs> i loved it it Thank was you. it was hilarious Love and it. like i was most drawn in with the spice noodle one, because that is, I I had to cut the spice on that usually when I make that thing. Yeah. And your reaction <laughs> was so real. And I was like, yeah, now nah, that that one whooped me. And I put jalapenos in it. That's where I was like shouting at the camera. I was <laughs> like, oh no, at, at the video, I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, it's well, already, it's already I, crazy spicy. When I tell you, I, I actually have like a sick obsession with hot stuff. Like I love heat. Like I actually did a ghost pepper challenge I this is the last week and was it the chip one no it was a real ghost pepper and oh you did a str- oh, okay you did a straight one horrible like i have an awesome stomach and i can hold anything down that didn't go well for me didn't go well at all i wouldn't recommend it actually did you hear about the chip one though i have heard about it and i'm not gonna lie there's a high possibility i'll do it but this too shall pass. We'll see. <laughs> it, I I did not. Um, I did it, and um, one of my one of my bros uh, shot me a video of it, and he felt he he said I he, I looked like a man possessed. I was just like, because it was so damn hot that wow. like I was shaking my head, and then they I had to drink a ton of milk, and that didn't yep. really help. Um, some people that, but that that ship thing got. Got into some trouble. I think some um, one one or two people died from it. Really? Um, because what happens is when you, you swallowing it, and I think they're trying to throw it up, like it's in that mix of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh, no. it was, so that chip thing kind of it, it was it was crazy. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I I cannot even. I understand it because me having one ghost pepper, you know, I was passively about to do two, mm-hmm. like. Everyone was just like, okay, do another one, do mm-hmm. another one. I was like, you know what? It wasn't that bad. My ear hurt, my throat hurt, and I felt it go down my stomach. But I was also like, no, nah, it's not that bad. But as 
30 minutes went on, I realized the toll it was taking on my body and how I actually couldn't hold one mm -hmm. down. And I was just like, I was just like, I eat mango habanero hot sauce and just regular hot stuff on a daily basis. I'm like, if I can't take it, I have no clue how, mm -hmm. like, like what? Right. I'm like, I'm obsessed with hot stuff. If that, if my body rejected it, I can imagine someone without yeah. heat intake. I'm like, they, they could possibly die. Like yeah. I literally said that I was just like, there's no way. I'm like, I'm like me? <laughs> no. But what, what inspired you to, to create this new channel? Cause it, it was, it, it, it was, I, I loved it because I got to see a very different side of you. Um, hey. And then that I also said that you were, I, I, I felt you were really brave to try the different things that you, um, <laughs> that you, you did. Uh, and so take us through like, how, like what inspired you to do this? Uh, Honestly, what was it the channel called again? It was day of uh, it's food with day Sulan. super food simple Sulan. food with day Sulan. Okay. And honestly, food is top three top three in things I love. Okay. Um, and I've just been in a, like in a place of expanding my brand mm -hmm. and I'm just like, bro, I have <laughs> so much going on. I'm right. like, people think I'm funny. I've got the music thing going on. I'm like, I need to build my brand into, you know, what I really want it to be. And, you know, with the help of my team and kind of just helping me organize my thoughts and, you know, all of my talents and creative things, they're all like, okay, you do video games, you do food, you cook on a daily basis. So food seems like the most realistic. And I was just like, you're right, absolutely. And from there, yeah, we just, we started aggressively getting the content done. We had like, we have, well, currently we have at least one food content day a week. Um, we knock out like the different foods that we try, mm -hmm. the different, you know, foreign foods different food challenges i eventually want to have guests and things mm -hmm. like that but for now i'm like building the foundation of it and yeah it's honestly it's nothing random because i do love food and if you know me you know i've probably cooked for friends family family's family like whatever it is um and yeah like it just it naturally puzzle pieced its way in my life <laughs> and i was just like look might as well. And the editing is actually right on point too, in terms Thank of the, because the food content is meant to be fun. Right? It is. I don't want it to be serious by any means. So like, you know, with the little animations you got and little yes. stickers on there. Yes. Uh, and because real talk, food media is on the rise. Like I think it- Food media is a market that's underestimated yeah. is what it is. <laughs> I'm like, food media is, is insane. So people like to see people eat. There are people like to follow eating mm -hmm. or are uh, trying something that they wouldn't do or they are not aware of. Mm -hmm. and you, you just, you, you tapped into that one. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Literally, literally. And I can say I enjoy it. I, I, I love it so much. And honestly, once I saw the numbers of when I, I was just passively looking at food content and I was like gaming content, food content, cause I want to do both eventually. Um, I was like, once I saw the numbers for food content, I was just like, this is, this is insane. Like, like 18 million views to watch this person just eat some chips. Like, it was crazy. I was like, there's no way. Like, and you know, me 
I have that mindset of I'm going to win. And I'm like, it doesn't matter which road, which aspect, how I get there. I'm like, I'm, I need to keep promoting my brand. I need to keep putting my face out there. And I was like, this seems like the like a very strong market. And as I build my Twitch and as I build my gaming platforms and things like that, this is the one that can be the strong man standing until I get those other ones up to where I need them to be. So you say gaming, like what, what do you play? Um, you know, I'm not ashamed. I'm proud. Uh, I play. So my favorite game is Call of Duty. Love Black okay. Ops. Those okay. are my just those those are my realms. But I actually like I dive into like World of Warcrafts. I'm excited for the new GTA to drop. I like I was actually a gamer growing up. So video games is definitely true to myself. I'm in this world. I'm submerged into these virtual realities sometimes. <laughs> and I just enjoy myself. And I'm definitely a character when it comes to scary games, though. Scary games. Scary games. Oh, wow. I'm excited for people to even see that side of myself. Because <laughs> these people think I'm so normal, healed, enlightened. And then I'm playing a scary game and <laughs> all confidence is out the window. <laughs> Give, me Give me an example of a scary game. Um, I used to play Dying Light okay. when I was young. It was like this little zombie game. And then at night is when people would transform and stuff like that. And oh, okay. So like for me, it was Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that. One, of, one of those type of games, uh, Silent Hills. Like Oof, I liked, okay. I liked games that truly scared the life out of me. Like truly to where I'd be playing games. And if mm -hmm. my mom walked in the room, I would be yelling and simultaneously still playing the game, but I might stand on the couch or like panicking, but mm -hmm. I'm still playing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or I'll just quickly press pause, throw the remote, it's something. It's mm -hmm. something. But I love the the feel, the adrenaline of that. It's, yeah. it's fun. So do you have, do you actually have any siblings? Or is it just- I do. You do, okay. I do, I have two, siblings or two little brothers on my mom's side and then mm -hmm. i have a little brother and little sister on my dad's side got it okay yeah got it yeah. kind of close Four in total kind of close with them or kind of um i can say we're close i mean i can't i mean it's, it's hard to define yeah close for me um i can definitely say i i am the oldest and i did experience you know a, a little bit of a different growing up situation and I did disappear. I did disappear. I was the one whereas, you know, at first um, it was more of like a protective thing. And I was just like, I gotta stay. I can't leave like this. This is, a, this is, my, this is my blood. This, mm -hmm. is, this is why I'm here at this point. And yep. I, I definitely, um, once I got to that age and I got to that point where I couldn't really take it anymore, I did leave and I did start building on myself and my career and my businesses. And I can mm -hmm. say it's, it's hard. Like I, uh, cause I don't want to say we're not close. Cause I definitely make time mm -hmm. where I can, and I will go out my way to make sure I can, you know, take them to lunch or we have sleepovers or I'll kidnap them okay. for a week gotcha. or, you know, even the summertime I'll do like some like little slumber parties with all of them. Um, like I definitely make family time where I can. Um, and so they're I, like in their teens. Yeah, they're all teens. Teens. They're okay. all now teens. They're all grown on me. It's a beautiful thing. 
But yeah, I can definitely say I, I do have a problem with like my work life and I am very submerged in that and just, you know, achieving my goals to where I can say, I'll be honest, I'm not the most present at times, mm -hmm. but I do make time where I can. I don't know if that answered your question, but hopefully it did. So I, I would say I'm a good sister. I'm like close and like, you know, <laughs> I'm there. I, I would say I'm, I'm also the oldest um, around, probably younger than you. I actually um, disappeared would probably be a good word too for me. I, uh, I kind of went about finding my own ways um, in Hollywood. Uh, mm -hmm. I did some cool things, got on some, you know, I have a very, um, a very interesting life, <laughs> um, but um, the best ones are. Being, but being a brother was definitely not on my radar, um, mm -hmm. and I. Uh, so there's there's still there's some um, some areas there that I need to. I I, I didn't choose to go back into those relationships. Um, mm -hmm in their later years because they're they're all like mid mid 30s early thir uh, late 30s mm -hmm. and like because i have one that's still kind of very lost mm -hmm. um you know demons and like uh drugs really took the best of them he was incarcerated mm -hmm. many times and you know mm -hmm. i also know like if i'm not going to be in his life mm -hmm. like that's also going to be a very um we're going to continue to have this circle mm -hmm. of resentment be like yeah and then also the clarity in his head uh the last, very last time i spoke to him was um he was uh his his uh, his drug of choice was meth and that thing i'm a very I have a lot of ptsd when it comes to meth because yeah. it, uh, i've seen it destroy families um, absolutely so i i didn't see the person that i thought was or who i knew Mm -hmm. as a young as a young person so yeah. uh, we haven't spoken since but um yeah I'm it's sorry uh, about that. you know but it's it it's one of those things even like culturally like i'm i'm do i need to do i need to insert myself back because of my role or do i need a you know i do i but but what i what i'm choosing is i need to heal first from my own things absolutely i need to be whole absolutely before you can help anybody you gotta help you yourself. have to help yourself and yeah. that was literally what i was gonna say mm -hmm. in scenarios like that um like i love my family and i love the idea of wanting to be the super present big sister yeah. and all of this but i also know that if i'm not happy exactly. and i'm not where i need to be to you know help you out of this situation or you know help guide you mm -hmm then you know not to say my presence isn't worth it I, absolutely presence is mm -hmm. always going to be worth it but i'd rather put my head down work and you know do that internal fixing do that external you know glow up so that way mm -hmm. when i can walk in your life it's not just a pat on the back and you got this it's more so i'm gonna take you out of this and i'm really gonna be here with you because it's a commit it's it's, it's not commitment. just commitment and it's not temporary i think the one thing absolutely um really good um sister figure of mine said to me was you're if you insert yourself and you're not ready what's going to happen is that gonna disappointment fall. is going to be doubled down it's gonna mm -hmm. be like you know because you 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 may be that person who's holding out their hand mm -hmm. but then next day you're gone again because you're choosing 
your career or you're choosing exactly. your aspirations. And I have a lot of aspirations and which is one of the main reasons why my wife and I chose not to have kids is because we, she know how much this work that I'm doing means mm -hmm. to me. And she's like, you know, like this is a better for, for us, um, mm -hmm. to, to, and we have a lot of, um, nephews and nieces and things like that. We, I pour my, my time into being a good uncle, mm -hmm. but father's a different story. Yeah, it, it is. It is. <laughs> father it's a and mother's a different story because I'm surrounded by some really good mom and dads, like in terms of in my, my, my current circle. So mm -hmm. I, I know until I'm ready to make that commitment, you know? Absolutely. And it's, you, you have to have a lot of self-awareness to even, you know, like that's a beautiful relationship and for y'all to even have that agreement and understanding of look like i'm not here yet i'm like i've i've had similar conversations with myself and mm -hmm. you know past relationships where you know a kid was a possibility but i just knew i'm like i'm i'm in an era where i i can't make that sacrifice right now i can't give that up yet because i know when i do like I'm, I'm giving up more than half of me and now I'm now living for you in this, you know, I, I completely understand that. And even with helping out your siblings and your brothers, it, you do exactly what you said. It's, you have to be whole because if you're helping somebody and you're only half full, like you're, you're just going to drain yourself and then you're going to go back into retreat mode and it's going to be the same pattern, same cycle that you said is it's gonna deepen versus if I do my internal work, have this, have that, have that. Now I'm at a place where I don't have to think about my mm -hmm. goals, aspirations, like it's they're in play, they're done, they're moving. Now I can take this time to really build this and nurture it how I'm supposed to and you know be there without having to disappear. And now it's just this, continued abandonment thing that is being implemented like no there's stability because you gotta make you gotta be available you have to be available <laughs> and you have to be full you have to do the healing you have to do the work you got to be aware so i completely understand mm -hmm. I, I understand well we definitely went over our time but uh <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that no no this has been this has been a uh Truly, I've been looking forward to this conversation um, since I've discovered your music. And Sorry. I just, I learned as much as I could from some of the, several of the other different interviews, but I knew catching mm -hmm. you at this time in your, um, your this next chapter in your Absolutely. career. Uh, you know, I hope to be um, a resource for you. I hope to be, um, and also open you up to the, um, the our audience who mm -hmm. is, multicultural, um, have, you know, have our identities in different things and, yes. uh, and for them to, to tap in and pick up on this part of your journey and follow you through your food stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, that's the goal. You know, your music stuff. And yeah, I think 2024 is going to be a, a beautiful journey, a beautiful chapter. It's going to be fantastic. And I'm excited for yours as well. Obviously, like we, aligning with this interview i'm actually very picky and i'm very like mm -hmm. mm, yeah maybe not maybe you know but when i saw your page and i was just like okay like like it wasn't a question like it was an automatic like i'm gonna do it it was an intuition thing but 
I see why. It's because you're very tapped into your person, your your purpose, your passion behind it. I see it and I can feel it. And that's exactly how I am with what I do. I, appreciate, I really appreciate you coming on the VQ podcast. Thank and you for having me. Yeah, really. Uh, best, best of luck on, on your next chapter. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Best of luck on yours. <laughs> we shall win. <laughs>